Take your Bible, turn to the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. You ever get down and a little discouraged at times? I have my moments just like you do. But there's things that are in the Bible that uh, kind of brings you back to reality. Some days just seem like they just rock on, nothing new, nothing exciting, just another day, just another day. Did you believe that one of the saddest days in the disciples' life was a couple of days after Jesus had been crucified? They were really down. I mean, they were so discouraged. They could have went out in the garden and ate worms. They were really down low. And as you live your life, you'll find that there's things that happen, and sometimes you don't know if you want to get up the next day. Things can be ripped out from you. And uh, so you got to get your thoughts back to where they should be. Think heaven. Think heaven. Think about the Lord. Think about where you're going. And it amazes me of how much the disciples never really understood. Jesus told them, but they just didn't get it. Sometimes that happens to us. He tells us in his word over and over again, and we still just don't seem to put it all together. So here in the book of Luke in chapter 24, the um, statement down through here, and I'll read it kind of quickly because of where I want to go. Look in verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre. They entered in, found not the body of the Lord Jesus. See, this is what's really different about Christianity and all the other religions. Uh, the, the body of Jesus uh, was not there. He was risen. He's different. The other guys, uh, they're still dead. Ours is alive. And so when you get down a little discouraged, remember the one we talk to and walk with, um, he, he's very much alive. He is as much alive today as ever. And he makes a statement here in, uh, in verse 4. It came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth and said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Why seek ye the living among the dead? That's a good question. They were looking for somebody, and they thought he was still dead. But he's alive. What are you doing here? He's not here. Oh, I love that. In verse 6, he is not here. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? Don't you remember? He told you. He's coming back from the dead. And then he says here, in verse 7, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulchre, and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. And of course, everybody believed everything they said. The ones they went and told didn't believe it. Did you know that later on the Lord chewed them out for not believing the, the message that somebody was sent to tell them? You say, well, I don't have to listen to you. You might. You may have to listen to somebody. Did you know that God can speak to you through other people? And sometimes we just brush them off as though it's not important. We have an interesting little Bible study for the men called Iron Sharpeneth Iron. 
And did you know just because somebody rubs you the wrong way doesn't mean that they shouldn't have rubbed you the wrong way? It's just like a, you know, a cat. You know, you rub a cat the wrong way. Somebody needs to turn around. And so you find out that um, maybe there's some things in your life that needs to be corrected. And God allows people to come into your life to help you to see something you don't see. It's interesting. In verse 10, he says, It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with him, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words, and you ought to underline this, seemed as idle tales, and they believed them not. The words seemed like idle tales. In other words, this ain't true. This isn't happening. We live at a time when we'd love to see something happen. And sometimes things are happening all around us, and we just can't see it. We can't discern it. I'm thankful that I'm alive, that I'm able to keep going and serve the Lord. I don't always serve the Lord when everything is just, you know, going my way. There's something that goes against me, believe it or not. Not everything is in my favor. But you can't quit, and you don't stop. You just keep on plugging, just keep on serving the Lord. Because you know that down the road, hey, all of this one day, it's all going to be over. And we're going to be with the Lord. He is not here. He is risen. But he is coming back again. And until then, I don't want to think that what I believe is just an idle tale. But to believe it with all my heart that something really happened on this day. Jesus came back from the dead. He literally talked to individuals. They saw him. They heard him. They watched him. It was real. Sometime I wish I could have been there and seen all of that. But if I had, like I said before, I'd be dead now. I like being alive now. And with the possibilities of serving the Lord in the day in which I live. You see, none of us got to choose what century we would be born in. I'm kind of glad we have a few modern conveniences. And you think of how fast we can go somewhere. I've often wondered what could have been done 2,000 years ago if all the apostles had cell phones. You know, they could just jump in their car and went wherever they wanted to go. You realize they had to walk? They had to walk or ride a donkey or a camel. Have you ever rode a camel? You ever rode a donkey? I've rode all of them. That is no piece of cake. It's like riding a, a piece of rebar. It's not comfortable at all. I was trying to videotape. First trip I went with Dr. Lindstrom to Egypt. And lo and behold, he got me on one of them tall rascals. You know, you say, what is a camel? It's, uh, it's two horses that were put together by a Baptist committee. <laughs> and so you, uh, you get up on that thing, and then I'm telling you, it's, it's a wild ride. You're so high up, if you fell off, you'd break your neck. But I was trying to video. <laughs> you're and you try to hold that thing still. Ain't no way. You ought to see the pyramid. The pyramid's moved. But it's a great experience. But there's a lot of times in my life that I've had a lot of interesting, wonderful experiences. And then there's some days that were kind of like dark days. Days that you wish you couldn't even remember. But lo and behold, they're there too. And sometimes you just think a little bit and you can bring them all back. Sometimes somebody will jog your memory. 
Well, look what he says here. In verse uh, 12, Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulchre, stooping down, and beheld the linen clothes uh, laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Wondering, wondering. They didn't understand everything that was going on. Even though the Lord told them what was going to happen. You see, the Lord, has he already told us he's coming back? All right. Do you think most Christians live like it? Really live like he could come back at any moment. So we just casually go along with nothing exciting in our life. Not looking for his coming. Not living like we expect him to show up anything. Like we'll never stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Like that moment, it'll never come. And we live as though they're just idle tales. But they're not idle tales. One day it's going to happen. We're going to be out of here. Now, look at verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs, or maybe a fifth of a mile, something like that. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't that be exciting? Here's all of a sudden, this guy just appears and starts walking with them. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. The one that came back from the dead, the creator of heaven and earth, chose a particular spot in time to share something with a couple of people that were pretty sad. They were hanging low. So he says there in uh, verse 16, But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have one to another, and as you walk and are sad? As you walk and are sad. It's amazing how that you watch God's people. Do we have any hope or joy in the Lord? Or the problems of life, are they so heavy that they have ripped away your joy and you're sad? I don't believe it should be that way. Though we have problems, but we also have the Lord. You may have went to bed with a lot of problems and you woke up with a whole lot of problems, but you still got the Lord. And do you convey the countenance of one that's, I'm still trusting the Lord and I'm still walking with the Lord and my hope is in the Lord and he will not fail me and I'm not worried? Or does it come across as though you are? It's one thing once in a while, but when it becomes a steady diet, a steady diet of worry, People that worry all the time, fret all the time. They're never up. And there's people like that. I don't believe that's what God wants. Jesus noticed that they walked, that they were sad. I believe that every time I read the scriptures, I'm always looking and seeing whether and I know what can I get out of this. I've already got something out of it when I first read it just this morning, last night. I, I, I can see things in there. And you'd be surprised. They can help you. He is risen. He is not here. But it wasn't that long he was with them. Now he's already told us and promised us. He said, I'll never leave you. Never forsake you. I am with you always. Well, look what he said in verse 18. And one of them, whose name was Cliffus, 
Answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Don't you know what's going on? You're a stranger. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> it was all about him. Did he know what was going on? Oh, yes, he knew what was going on. And sometimes, see, they were in the presence of the Lord and didn't know it. Did you know that you are always walking in the presence of the Lord? Do you know that? And he says, are you a stranger? Is God a stranger to you? Are you a stranger to him? Well, those are things that you have to think about. How close do you want to walk with the Lord? How sensitive are you? So he makes this statement here. He says in verse 19, And he said unto them, What things? Do you think he knew? Oh, he knew. But he's pulling it out of them. He's drawing it out of them. Hey, what's going on? Why, why are you so sad? What's happened? What's going on in your life? You see, you're just finding out where you are. That's one thing about serving the Lord. You Sometimes you just talk with people and find out where they are, what's going on in their life. I was up at the conference, and I was sitting in the, uh, the room where we can get a cup of coffee once in a while. And uh, these two guys are sitting there. and So I just asked them, I said, how did you come to know the Lord? Half an hour later, he finished. I hit something that he wanted to talk about. I asked another guy one question. He talked probably for another half an hour. Because I asked him a question that involved something that happened to him. And though it was 40 and 50 years ago, but it, they wanted to talk about it. Now, I could have said, why don't we talk about me? Let's talk about how wonderful I am and how great I am. I wanted to talk about them. Get people to talk about themselves. And all of a sudden, man, they were smiling. They were laughing and cutting up because they were talking about something that meant so much. And they were going back in time and remembering. And we just sat there and we had a wonderful time and fellowship. Sometimes you don't have to always be about you. It can get people to refresh their minds about, do you remember the, what, what the Lord did for you and how wonderful it was and how that you thought about what you wanted to do for the Lord? I think it's wonderful. I met one guy named Dale Parker. I hadn't seen him in over 43 years. 43 years, that's a long time. But he graduated from Florida Bible College about three years after I did and, and then became a chaplain and he's been in the military for I don't know how many years. Did he ever say how many years he was in there? But he's been in there, but he's been everywhere. Served in the armed forces and on big ships and you know, all over. And just wanting people to the Lord and counseling and trying to help people. And he says, what I have to mainly do is just find out where they are. Just get them to talk about themselves. You'd be surprised how much that helps. You know when a person goes to see the psychiatrist, you lay there on the couch and he sits there with a pen and a paper. and, Well, now tell me about uh, when you were born. Well, I was really small. And, they, you know, you go through and get you getting you to talk about you. And you get out of there about an hour and a half later and, uh, you know, it's $150, and all you did is talk about yourself. And he didn't tell you anything to do or not to do. Boy, that really helped me. Boy, that was worth $150. Boy, 
by the way, I'm going to start a counseling session in here. And I'm only going to charge $100 an hour. And I'll let you talk about anything you want to talk about. Well, anyway, the greatest counselor in all the world is the Lord. And this is what he says in verse 19. And he said, unto them, what thing? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deeds and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. And we trusted. We trusted. We believed. Boy, we let down. Boy, our hopes were dashed. Our dreams are shattered. We trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And little did they know that what he did was to redeem Israel. If he had not died, there could be no redemption. Well, if you are who you claim to be, come down from the cross. Save thyself and save us and save everybody if you're who you claim to be. But because of who he was and what he was doing, he couldn't come down. He had to die. He had to pay for the sins of the world. So people not understanding truth staring them in the face, and they could not see it. Christ walking right there with them, and they couldn't detect it. He says, it was not holding that they should see him and that they should know him. See that in verse 16, their eyes were holding that they should not know him. He was able to do that. Did you know that if you want to know truth, God can open your eyes? But if you don't want to know truth, God can cause you to be blind? Because he says, people have ears, but they, they don't hear. They have eyes, but they can't see. But those that want to see and want to hear, God can give you more truth and more truth and more truth. Now look what he says. We trusted that it had been he that would do all these things. And beside all of this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. When they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. Well, if that, why are they still sad? Because they didn't believe the message. They didn't believe the message that somebody had brought to them. Well, they should have. Hold your place right here and just look with me at a verse in the book of uh, Mark. Go to Mark chapter 16. I just want you to see a couple of verses there. Mark chapter 16. And look there in verse 11. In verse 11 says of chapter 16 of Mark. This is on page 1069. In verse 11 says, And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, did what? Believe not. They didn't believe it. Why were they sad? Because they didn't believe it. You see, we have a countenance about us that shows whether or not we're trusting the Lord or we're really not trusting Him. Or what God's Word says are just idle tales. Or do you really believe it? Do you really believe that He can meet your need and answer your prayer? That's interesting. But look what else He says there in uh, verse 12. He says, 
in verse 1, at after that he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and were into the country. So he's walking with these two fellows into the country in another form. Now you can have all the movies you want to, but you know this was first. The Bible mentions all these things first about appearing and disappearing and being transformed and another body. And I think it's right. But then look what he says in verse 13. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. They told somebody else something they didn't believe. Verse 14, afterwards he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. And get this, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. The Lord was upset with the people that wouldn't believe the message that he told the people to send and tell them. So, do you believe that there's things that God may give to me to preach on? And then people come in here and then not believe it because I don't have to believe that. I mean, he's just the preacher. Who is he? But what if the preacher's telling you what God said? You're going to have to answer to the Lord. And you can't use the excuse, well, he was just a man. doesn't matter. Did he say, thus saith the Lord? So whenever you tell somebody what the Bible says and like some people go out and do the soul winning or ranch night or the uh, reformers. Did you know that God is going to hold people accountable for what they heard from people that told them the truth? That's why we have to make sure that what we tell people and we say God said, God really did say it. Go back there to the book of Luke. I just thought I'd throw that little sideline in there. Didn't hurt to deviate just a little bit. So in verse 24, he says, And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre, found it even so as the women had said, uh, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? This was recorded in the Old Testament. And you are supposed to know the word of God. He even got on Nicodemus because he said, Thou art a ruler in Israel and knoweth not these things. How come you don't know this? He expected him to know it. He should have known. Did you know that God knows what you should have known? And you don't know because you didn't read and you didn't study and you didn't believe? You know, when you get to heaven, it's not going to be he's going to bless you because of what you could have done. You're going to see what you could have done if you would have only believed what God's Word said. Or did you take it as though it's just a fable, just a nice little story? But you can't take it seriously, though. Or did it, does it change your life? Anyway, here in the book of Luke, chapter 24, he says in verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. You no know, acting like he's going to go on down the road. But they could strain to him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them, because no doubt he was probably tired and hungry in that old physical body of his. 
No, I believe Jesus had a glorified body. And in verse 30, and he, it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, blessed it and break and gave to them, and their eyes were opened. Ooh, that shows you you should never miss communion service. That's, that's the point I got out of this here. You should never miss communion service. What if they'd have missed this one? But anyway, as their eyes were opened and they knew him, and, he, and you ought to underline this in your Bible. If this wouldn't knock your socks off, he vanished out of their sight. All right, let's just say, for example, here we are, and Peter's a pretty good-sized fella, but all of a sudden we're sitting here, and all of a sudden he just disappears. Now, would you remember this day and this moment? You will remember for the rest of your natural-born life because this doesn't happen every day. Every moment. This isn't just a fairy tale. I was there. I was at Calvary Community Church when I literally saw Peter just disappear. Now, if he did, then I would think the rapture took place and I'd want to know why the rest of us are still here. That would shake me all the way down to my toenails. Don't go nowhere. Vanished out of his sight. Verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our hearts, and you ought to underline these three words, burn within us. You see, the closer you get to the Lord, the word of God is like a fire. It can set you on fire, cause it to burn inside of you. And this is what causes some Christians to run, burn out instead of rust out. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way? And while he opened to us the scriptures, he opened to them the scriptures. You see, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And as you study the word of God, the Holy Spirit within you can help open up the scriptures. You have the author of the word of God. Wouldn't it be a shame for you never to let the author of the book explain anything to you? I enjoy reading the scriptures and looking for things and him to open up certain things and see things that I never saw before or how I can apply a particular verse. And when you find something on your own, it means a little bit more to you. It's more precious to you. You may hear something from somebody else, and that's wonderful, but you want to get your own. You want to get your own. You know, like digging for buried treasure, and as it says in Proverbs, you know, search for her as you would for silver and gold, and wisdom is more important than all these things. So as you find these little nuggets, little pieces of silver, they mean more to you, they're more valuable to you, because you, you found them. When's the last time you've been digging in the mine? This is, this is the gold mine. Have you done any digging lately? 